0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Thank you. Well, turn to the person next to you say, so you're in the right place. Woo! Man, when we grow up, we want to be like you guys. Huh? Can we be like you guys when we grow up? We love what awesome worship, Leon. Well done, Sal and the team you got an international guest as well. Well done, brother. Woo! Wow. Well, my notes have just gone out the window, but that's all right. i preach better without notes. But anyway, first, thank you to Leah and Christine for having us. It's an absolute privilege to be in the house. As Leah said, we got saved in this church uh, 19th of September, 1996. Most of you probably weren't even born, but anyway... uh, (laughs) except over here, I talked, no, I'm joking, um, we got saved in this church, this church raised us up, we got married, married in this church, uh, 97, 20th September, so 22 years ago, I married this beautiful lady in the front row here, and we had the, re- the ceremony or the reception in this venue, can you believe that, <laughs> downstairs, how about that for a sense of humour God has, in 22 years, we're back again. We're back again and preaching the word. Amen. We did break the plates. We did Greek style, Spanish style, all the different styles all together. But it was good. It was a fun. Leon was probably as tall as the stage, I remember. Where is he? Very short. Sure. But anyway, it's an absolute privilege to be here. An honor. As Leah said, we lead a church over in Crow's Nest. Uh, we've been around the world a couple of times over, but it's all good. But anyway, so I just want to honor Leon and Christine. And you have in your midst, true shepherds. Paul said it this way. He said, you've got many teachers, but not many fathers. And I just want to read something. If you guys want to stand up, I want to read something over you. And we know it's good to honor in the house of God. Amen. Um, So you guys carry the heart of the father. You know that? And you might have only parented five children. Maybe six on the way. Maybe no, no, no. So five, just five. Okay. But in the spirit, in the kingdom, you've parented a multitude of people. I don't know if you get recognized for that, but God sees it. Amen. Uh, So we just want to read the scripture. Hebrews six ten says, "For God is not maybe should over here. God is not unjust as to forget your work and the love which you've shown towards His name." in having ministered and still ministering to the saints. God wants to honor these guys publicly this this evening and say you're the beneficiaries of a local church being parented and fathered and and mothered. But the multitude that's going to stand in heaven because of these guys' sacrifice for the last 20, 30 years, only heaven knows. So let's honor them this morning, this evening. Let's stand up and honor them. Say "God God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Yay! Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. That's the truth, yeah. And for the church, I got this word for the church. I was praying for you guys early this week, and uh, I saw a picture of a bamboo plant. You know the bamboo bamboo plant. You know it's the fastest growing plant on the planet. Hmm, that's good, isn't it? It can grow three feet in 24 hours under the right conditions. Seriously, three feet, 24 hours. (laughs) So unlike other plants, the bamboo reaches maturity in three to five years. But check this out. The bamboo plant releases 30% more oxygen into the atmosphere than any other plant. And absorbs almost the same amount. So to you, GGC Life, I want to say you guys are a bamboo plant, fast growing, fast maturing, but also the most beneficial to everyone else around you. Can you say amen? That's the church. Yeah? Turn to the person next to you saying, I'm a bamboo plant. And there's nothing you can do about it. Especially over here, I feel there's a more bamboo on this side. I think there's more weeds on this side. I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Whew. Amen. I want to share a word this, uh, this evening. It's called the power of focus. It's something very important in our culture. If we learn how to focus, because what you focus on, you end up becoming. Turn to the person next to you and say, what you focus on... You become. Matthew 6. If we got if we got our Bibles, if you got your phones, whatever you want to go turn to, but Matthew chapter 6, well-known scripture, Jesus said it this way: He said, seek first. There's a focus scripture right there. In the modern church, we can seek a million different things before we seek first Jesus. But Jesus said back in the day seek first me the kingdom his righteousness and guess what happens when you make him the focus all these other things take care of themselves amen the problem with the modern church and i'm not a critic of the modern church i love the modern church but we've got it the other way around we want to seek the things we want to seek the blessing we want to seek the favor we want to seek the ministry we want to seek the thousand followers on instagram look that's going to make a difference that doesn't mean nothing but when we seek first Jesus, He's got a way of adding value to your life. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So, when we start focusing on a loving God who's given us everything and stop focusing on what seems to be going wrong, the breakthrough comes. How many of you want to see a breakthrough tonight? How many are sick and tired, have been sick and tired, have been sick and tired? Actually, if Jesus doesn't come through whether tonight or the next little future, you're not sure what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Your bodies, your finances, your marriages, your debt payments. So we focus on those little things, Jesus called. And what we focus on, we actually empower. What we focus on, you give oxygen to. What you focus on, you give a voice to and you legitimize in your life. What you focus on, you actually become. Proverbs 23 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think on, you actually become. Too many times we focus on the wrong things and wonder why we're not seeing breakthrough changes in our lives. We're focusing on what we shouldn't be doing, the mistakes we've made, what we feel God hasn't done, and life becomes a blur, we lose contact with reality, and we live distracted, scattered lives, and wonder why we ain't not seeing breakthrough. I've got a word for you this evening. Your breakthrough is going to come not doing anything different, but focusing on someone different. Your breakthrough will come when you see God, the God of breakthrough, in a new, fresh powerful, intimate, personal way. Can you say amen? Yeah. Now, I've got a little story. How many of you have ever bought a new car? Yeah. Yeah. How many you love the feeling of buying a new car? Yeah. How many you still love the feeling three weeks or three months down the track? Yeah. You do? Because yeah. uh, <laughs> for me, it wore off. Maybe I bought the wrong car. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> it just becomes the same old car. You leave your empty water bottles in and all your dirty gym clothes in the back. But anyway... Car's a car, and, and I wanted to keep it clean, and it was like day two or three in my new car journey, and I took the car to a shopping center, so don't do that if you buy a new car. Park it on the street, took it in the shopping center, went to lunch with where I was working at the time, came back, and I saw a ding on my door. <laughs> yeah, you've got to pray for me. It was, a ba- it was a bad day. I saw it, and it totally freaked me out. I'm thinking, oh, no. My new car, Exactly. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I focused on this ding. Focused on the ding. And all I could see was this ding. (laughs) Rang my wife. She couldn't believe it. Stressing out. had a terrible day. (sighs) Shouldn't have driven to work that day or whatever. Get home. Pull into the driveway. Call Maria. She comes out. She has a look. And she does this thing that only (laughs) wives can do. And she kind of says, where's the ding? (laughs) it's right there look I can see it I've been stressing over all day and she goes where is it I actually got a magnifying glass to find it the point of the story is this that ding became my focus that's all I could see in all the car the rest of the the car was brand new not a scratch not a nothing but had this small little speck of a ding that ruined my whole day because I focused on that little ding mold of the story don't focus on a ding Too many times, I tell you, marriages are suffering because we are focusing on the little dings in our relationship. That small little ding that's not going to matter in 10 years' time. Maybe 10 minutes' time, it's not going to matter, but you're focusing on it. It's becoming the world for you, and you wonder why there's no power in your marriage. Yeah? So we need to focus on the right things. Jesus said it this way. Matthew 6:22. Did we turn to the other one yet? We didn't turn the other one. Anyway, we'll skip it. So 6:22 is, Jesus said, "The eye is the lamp of the body." In other words, what you focus on, what you see with, you allow, you allow light to come into you. So what you're looking at becomes your reality. That's what Jesus said. What you're focusing on becomes your reality. That's what Jesus said. So, in life, we're going to navigate through life. How many of you want to live in the blessing of God? Put your hand up. How many want to live fruitful, joyful, peaceful lives? Put your hand up. Wonderful. How many want to navigate through life's problems and disappointments with grace and dignity and honor? Put your hand up. Thank you. How many want to live free from distractions and make your life count for Jesus? Wonderful. You're learning. How many want to live complete? satisfying full lives with beautiful relationships. Put your hand up. Maybe just keep your hand up. I think you're all going to respond to this one. Henry, you want to see people saved, healed, delivered, and hope in our communities? Put your hand up. Henry, you just want to see Jesus impact the city of Sydney? Put your hand up. Well, guess what needs to happen? The church needs to focus on what Leah said earlier, on the already finished work of Jesus on the cross. See, Jesus has healed every person already possible on the planet, ever. He's saved every person. He's forgiven everyone all their sins, past, present, and future. Jesus has done that already. When? On the cross 2,000 years ago. But we make that a stumbling block and offering hope to people. And we say things like, fix your life up first before Jesus can love you. Fix your life up first before you can come to church. Even fix your life up first before Jesus can heal you or see a breakthrough in your life. And Jesus never did that. Amen? He offered the good news freely. See, I believe there's a disconnect between what the church we are experiencing and the benefits of salvation. There's a disconnect between that and what God's already done for us on the cross. See, so it's a father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Luke 12 says that. The father delights in the prosperity of his children. Say amen to that. See, Romans 8.32 says the Father's not withholding from us, not one thing. But why aren't we living in it? Let me tell you why. We're living or, or determining our life, we're getting our read on life on false instrument values. What am I saying is this my son over here, where is he? The oldest one. He's studying, to, uh, what are you studying again? <laughs> Aviation management. He wants to become a pilot, yeah? He's going to fly us around the world for free, amen? That's what we're praying for, amen. Keep praying, brothers and sisters, please. We want to see breakthrough. Anyway, he's going to learn very quickly that if he wants to be a pilot, he can't navigate that plane based on his feelings. He's going to learn very quickly. Why? Because those instrument panels are his life. He's got to take his read on what is displayed before him. Not on what he feels like, where he's going. Because when you're flying, sometimes up is down. Sometimes banking left is banking right. Sometimes down is just the way up. You know what I'm saying? Life's like that. So we take our read on how we feel, or what we feel God's not doing, or the mess we've made, and not taking our read from what God has said. His instrument panel. What has God said? I don't care how you feel, with all due respect. Because your feelings one day up, one day down. We know that, right? Those who are married longer than five minutes, you know that's, that's part of life. You've got to deal with it. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so we can't make decisions on how we feel. Like your feelings got any bearing on the Word of God. No, nothing, nothing. doesn't mean nothing. Now, God gives us feelings to enjoy life, yes, but not to make decisions with. That's the difference. So So if you make decisions based on how you feel, you're flying your life on a false representation of the instrument panel. In other words, you're looking at the conditions outside. When you've got to be saying, actually, what's going on? What does God say? So we need to focus on the important things. How much time I got left? The clock disappeared. Does that mean I'm finished already? No. Oh, okay. Plenty of time. Woo! Plenty of time. Anyway, so we need to. We need to. We need to. We need to. Get to know God. To me, the main thing, the main thing about our lives is not the meetings we come to. And I love meetings. I turn up to every meeting, okay, with joy and peace and love. I love meetings. The church gathers together. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. But coming to a meeting is not your breakthrough necessarily. Very good. Not anti meetings. Okay, I love the church. See, the important thing that God wants from you is are you growing so in your knowledge of Him? Correct. Correct. One on one, right? Are you getting to know Him better? Because if you're not, then it's easier to get lost in this thing called Christianity. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We just kind of float through life and we go through here and we go through there. And life just happens to us. And God doesn't want life to happen to you. Bible says those who know their God will do great exploits. Can you say amen? Yeah. Not those who come to a meeting necessarily. Again, I'm not anti meeting, I love meetings. It's, are you getting to know God? Are you developing an intimate personal relationship with Jesus? Are you getting to know him? Not academically through with your brain. I remember Leah used to say this all the time and it stuck with me. When you get to heaven, you're not going to worship a brain. It's not going to have neurons and wires coming out and you're going to worship and bow down to a brain. No, God is a spirit. God is a real person, not a brain. Yes, God gives us our brain yeah. so we can understand. Good, good. Wow. Mm. But you get to know God with your spirit. <laughs> so good, you get to know God with your spirit. And how do you get to know God? And we're going to go through it in the next little while. We've got 16 minutes and 55 seconds to go through it. <laughs> See, the Greeks did a, a good thing. And I'm Greek and I can pick on the Greeks, okay? Right, right. They did a lot of good things for us medicine mathematics philosophy windex all those things right all the important things but one thing they did they stuffed us up in a lot of ways a lot of one of the things is the way we process and the way we get educated and the way we think so the modern the modern the modern the way we think in our modern context is if we know a particular bit of information academically with our cerebral brains then we think we know it yeah. Yeah. and all we do is know information about it again let me reference leah leah used to say you might know who prince charles is yeah, yeah. you know who prince charles the guy with the big ears the old looking dude it looks like a bit of a, anyway you know i'm talking about yeah? yeah now you might have information on who prince charles is you know who's married to who his children are yeah it doesn't mean you know who he is. Now, you might have information about who God is. Come to church, you get information. But until you personally know him, it doesn't matter. Jesus said it this way, John 17, This is eternal life. (laughs) That we might know you, Father, and Jesus Christ. So the Greeks stuffed us up because they thought... They told us, and we believed a lie, that if you just understood a particular subject or had information about a topic, you know it, and that's not the truth. In the Hebrew biblical context, to know about something is to have intimate, personal relationship through an experience. Very different. So God wants us to know him, not with our brains only. Only. Yes, you know God is your brain. Don't kiss your brain goodbye, but to know Him intimately with your heart. And if I know God with my heart, with my spirit, I can't be convinced any other way. It's too late. See, someone gave us the word once, so we got saved. Glorious Gospel Church, 1996. Came onto eldership. Planted out in 2010 to America. Went to Atlanta. Went to Denver. Met this guy in Denver, cool looking dude in Denver. Came back, planted a church in Marigueville. So we went from Mortlake to Marrickville. But the, the quickest way for us was via the US. You like that one? That was our fastest route. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're here all week and we're taking now, I can't explain to you what that journey did for us. Yeah. Did I see it coming? No. Did we come back from the U.S. thinking we failed? Yes, of course we did. We, went out to, we thought we were in the U.S. forever. We left saying bye to everyone. Yeah. Came back. We're back in Australia. We're back in Sydney starting from scratch. Got a job with William at the back there when I first came back with the jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> And then went to Tony with the coffee. And then went to Manga with the printing. We started it from scratch. We were prepared to everything. And it's cool. It's part of the journey. But guess what happened on the journey? We got to know God. Will I change it? Not one day. Would I wish things were different? 100%. But I wouldn't change it. Why? Because in the changing... In the process, in the journey, we got to know God. Can you say amen? Yeah. So when people come up to and say, well, God's not, not going to come through for you in this particular area. I said, you've come too late. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why? Because I know God through experience and encounter. And he says something to me. It's as good as done. Can you say amen? Yeah. You can't convince me. Too late. <laughs> I'm getting into my message a bit earlier. But anyway, who are the people you trust the most in your life? Usually, the people you know the best. Yes? Who do you trust the most? Not someone you met yesterday. (laughs) Someone you've met years ago, possibly. Someone you've built a personal relationship with. Someone you've got to know. Someone you've been honest and open and intimate with. Yeah? Yeah. They're the people you're going to trust. Why do we think it's different with God? It's not different. Just to know Him so we can trust Him. Amen? Yeah. So when I get to know God and I trust Him, someone lies to me about God, I can, re- I can dismiss the lie very easily because yeah. I know it's not His nature. It's not His nature. God puts sickness on people. Guess what? He doesn't. It's not His nature. He's got no sickness to give you in the first place. <laughs> he is Jehovah, my healer. He doesn't put sickness on me. He heals me. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that through personal experience. Yeah. If someone wants to come to me and tell me lies about Leo. they have known Leo for a long time. 20-something <laughs> years. Good years. <laughs> going to get better. <laughs> but if someone starts, blam, 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 blam. Guess what? Yeah. I know Leo. Yeah. Wow. I trust Leo. Yeah, if someone says something that's contrary to his character, guess what I'm going to do? So, you better pack your bags and get away from here because that's not my Leo. Now, I can't say that if I don't know him. So, as Christians, we accept all this junk about God. The media does this and this and that and this and that. And we just lap it all up. Why? Because we don't know the character and nature of God. God does not lie. I don't care what Channel 9 says or Twitter says. So to 2 Peter, how are you going with the notes? Because I don't know if it's helping or <laughs> well, anyway. Feel free to turn them off, brother, at the back there, John. John's doing a great job. Well done, brother. Hey, Johnny. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and we've got to get into some wrapping up some time here. 2 Peter, let will show you biblically how do we do this. 2 Peter chapter 1. Go to uh, verse 3. Actually, go to verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through what? The knowledge of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. So grace and peace. Grace, God's power, God's strength, God's favor be yours in abundance. And God's peace, where God lives is peace. Shalom, completeness. So God's peace and God's favor upon you through what? The knowledge of Him. As you get to know Him, the fruit is you get God's peace and God's grace. Can you say amen? But check it out. It gets better. Verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. Who called us by His own glory and goodness. So through our knowledge of Him, as we get to know Him. We get to live in a place where we understand that everything that we need for life and godliness has been given to me. So good. See, as Christians, we make excuses too often. It's the church doesn't look after me, it's the pastor doesn't come and visit me, it's we spend our money on this stuff instead of this stuff. And we make excuses and we grumble while we're not moving on in life. And God says, Actually, everything you're ever going to need, everything. In the Greek, that word means everything. (laughs) For life and godliness comes to you, Josiah, through your knowledge of him. So So in other words, people in my life have got nothing to do with the blessing that's on my life. Joseph knew that. Joseph in the Bible. (laughs) Wrongly accused. He got smacked down. He ended up in jail. In the pit. But the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he gave him great success. Can you say amen? amen? So we need to focus on the right thing. We need to focus on our relationship with God. And let's move on because I'm going to run out of time. By the way, at church, at the local church, it took me about three or four weeks to get through some of this material. So I think I'm doing quite well. So give me a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one We're going to wrap up very quickly. How do we navigate through life? How do we get to know God? So I said, it's not an academic knowledge. There's a, there's a thing here in the Greek that I want to get to and give you some personal experience. And then we're finishing. So Ephesians chapter 1. And growing up in this church, Leah always took us to Ephesians. It's <laughs> a love I'm so grateful for because it's been a bedrock or foundation for me. So Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go to verse uh, 16, 17 there. Now, what I love about Ephesians, if you don't know, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. And Paul visited the region of Ephesus, and he was there in this church, established in the church. And it was a big church, I reckon probably around 20,000 people. And Paul established it. He was there for three years. And very different for Paul, because normally he's in and out, right? He's an apostolic guy, goes in, establishes, Leaves people behind, team guys behind. They set up elders, church, moves on, goes to the next region. That's the apostolic heart. But Paul was here three years. And the church grew fond of Paul. There was an intimate personal relationship. See, it wasn't this guest speaker mentality that the modern church has. Come and bless, and it's a one-way thing. You know what I mean? Paul lived with this church. He ate together. They did some stuff together. They were so close that actually in Acts 20 when they left, when Paul left... All the elders came. It was the first equip ever recorded in history. It was at the beach. So I think we need to get back to our roots and go to the beach. (laughs) And Paul's there. And they're weeping. Weeping. All the elders and Paul weeping. And then Paul writes this letter years later. But if you read it, it's very impersonal. He doesn't mention any names. I'll tell you why. Because they were familiar with Paul, he wanted them to stay on track. And if he started getting personal with them... That would lose the impact of his words over their life. So he gets to this place, and he prays for the Ephesian church. And notice, I want you to see what's missing in his prayer. Because a lot of what's missing is what's in modern church prayer. Notice what he prays. Ephesians 1, verse 16. Are you, are you with me, following? Have I lost anyone? Okay. Paul says it this, Ephesians one16 I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you more prosperity. Is that what he said? Healing your bodies. Is that what he said? More strategies in your sphere of influence. Is that what he said? Now, are those things bad? No. But notice what Paul said to focus on. His prayer. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon you so that you can know him better. So we think we need the stuff. We think we need more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. And God say, no, you don't need more stuff. You need to know me because when you know me, the stuff will take care of itself. I'd rather know God and have zero stuff. And I say this with all sincerity because I've been there. We lived in Colorado. We had... We were running the cafe. You remember that cafe, Ethan? Good cafe, but we made zero dollars. <laughs> and we 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 lived hand by mouth. In other words, we didn't know where we were going to get food from. And we get a knock on the door, and this groceries appeared at our front door. We get a thumbing in the mail, and someone will pay our rent for the week. But we got to know God we got to know to rely on God, not man. Yeah. My favorite story is this, and I've got to finish my favorite story. And sorry for the front row here. They've heard it probably a million times. But i tell you why this story is powerful. Because this happened to me, and I know that I know that I know. God, from this moment on, I knew God was with us and would never let us go. Yeah, okay. Tell you what happened. In the cafe, cooking bacon. How many love cooking bacon? Yeah. <laughs> I used to make this sick turkey bacon roll, man. I used to love it. Anyway, anyway, cooking bacon. So I'm testing the bacon by biting it. And I had this thing happen in my front teeth long ago. This dude here, this is why I don't drink tea, by the way, because I was drinking a cup of tea and he jumped on my back and he chipped my tooth. So tea's bad for your health. That's why I drink coffee, okay? So this front tooth was filled with, with uh, a filling. I bite on the bacon, crispy bacon. Half the tooth just goes, snap. It was just me and my wife, and she's there, she's looking at me. She's trying not to laugh because I look... <laughs> but we've got no money, right? We've got zero dollars. When something happens to your teeth, all you hear is the ching-ching, right? That's a lot of money. Teeth, and are... in America, no insurance, I've got nothing. Now, within five, ten minutes, say ten minutes. Now, we had no time to pray. We're just looking at each other and crying. Not praying. I didn't pray. I didn't have time to pray. My friend, who became very close, we did real estate together in the U.S., he comes into the cafe. Now, we, we weren't open, so it was before opening time. Comes in, knocks on the door, come, hey, man, I'm trying to hide my chest like this. Hey, man, what's happening? Very good, He goes, I was just driving here, and God told me to write a check For five hundred dollars for you. Now, I've heard messages about giving and God's my provider, but that day, that day, I knew God's my provider. So that's what God wants us to have. That kind of intimate personal relationship, that we get to know Him. See, see, Moses. No, Abraham. I'll get there. Almost done. Abraham had a son, Isaac. Oh, he's right there. There he is, there. Isaac. Isaac, right? Abraham knew God as Almighty God, El Shaddai. He knew him as Almighty. But God says to Abraham, I want you to give me your one and only son. And he's walking on the mountain. And the mountain's Mariah, that's that's the other girl there. Mariah there. <laughs> He's walking up the mountain, walking up the mountain, walking up the mountain. Isaac says to him, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. He gets to the top of the mountain. Abraham lifts up the knife. He's about to slay his one and only son. First time God and last time God had ever asked anyone to do this. As he's about to do it, God says, stop. And provides a ram caught in the thicket. Abraham looks and says, On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. When did Abraham know Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider? It wasn't before he experienced it, it was at the moment when he experienced God through his life that God showed himself as Jehovah Jireh that he ended up worshiping, saying, God, you will provide. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? What do we need to do? I think we need to not settle. Let's keep pressing on. We settle for too little knowledge of God. Let's press on in our encounters. Let's become pliable and flexible. Let's pray that prayer, Ephesians 1.17. And let's keep a personal journal of your intimate personal encounters with God. Can you keep a journal, please? I tell you, I've looked back on my journal and seen the faithfulness and the incredible perseverance of God. And I've looked back and said, God, truly, you're worthy. Can you say amen? Because stuff doesn't make sense when you're going through it. But when you go through the other side, you begin to know him. You've been listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com. Or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.